You. Yeah, you. The one listening to Locked on Kraken. I know you need more hockey news, and Locked on NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. So subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each and every day. Subscribe to Locked on NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. We haven't played a game yet, but the word is already out that we've got some you know, crazy, passionate fans, and uh, we can't wait to start playing hockey in front of them. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Happy Monday, folks. Hope you are enjoying what is a holiday weekend here in the United States. I am your host of Locked On Kraken, Erica Lindsay Ayala. You can follow the show at Locked On Kraken. You can follow me on social media at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. I am excited to bring another episode of Locked On Kraken, and this week will be our first full week of content. We just launched on July 1 of 2021, ahead of, of course, what will be the Seattle Kraken expansion draft, the entry draft, and eventually the first ever Seattle Kraken season. If you haven't caught up with the episodes, I highly recommend that you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you uh, head over to Apple Podcasts and you want to leave us a review, go ahead and do that as well. Five stars or however many stars are the most. Greatly appreciate it. Um, if you want to find some other information on how to contact me or the or the show, well, head over to at Locked on Kraken and you can see our link tree. You can also check the description wherever you're listening to this podcast. Okay, so let's get into the, we got a case of the Mondays, but the case of the Mondays here on Locked on Kraken means that it's awesome. Awesome content for Mondays. We want to come out the gates, guns guns blazed, just really excited for the week ahead. A week where you and I get to chat or you get to listen to me and others chat about the Seattle Kraken. And for this Monday, we are going to speak with Chanel Keenan of the Seattle Kraken. She is one of their intersectionality consultants, someone that I've gotten to know very well over the past year or so as we both aim to make hockey more inclusive. And Chanel is doing that with the Seattle Kraken and has some fantastic stories. We're going to hear a snippet of my conversation with Chanel and we're going to have to just bring her back in to tell us all the things. Now I want to warn you folks, Chanel comes to her coverage or comes to her work with the Seattle Kraken with a lot of love in her heart for the Boston Bruins. And she tells that story a little bit, so don't be too mad. I mean, we haven't even played a game yet. It's it's only fair that people have to get their fix of NHL hockey in another way. So don't hold that against Janelle. She's amazing. She's awesome. And you'll hear all of that. But before we get into the interview, which we'll play in the last two segments, I want to go over a little bit of news. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, you should definitely be listening to Locked On NHL. And congratulations to Locked On Canadiens again at the top of the table for all of our Locked On shows. And... Um, 
that's the good news. <laughs> the not so great news for fans of the Canadians and locked on Canadians is, of course, that they are down 0-3 to Tampa. Now, on the other hand, if you are listening to Locked on Lightning, you must be pretty freaking excited because you're up 3-0 heading into the game tonight. That game will be in Montreal. So, again, if you are not locked on NHL, if you are not locked on Lightning, if you're not locked on Canadiens, those are the shows right now, in addition to this one, of course, that you want to be listening to to get your fix of the Stanley Cup Final. Here's another thing. I have to mention this because I come from baseball. I come from basketball. Why is it the Stanley Cup final and not the Stanley Cup finals? Because it's not like, you know, like in the NWHL or CWHL or, you know, most women's sports except for the WNBA. It's not a series. It's one game and then you get your champion. Like the entire playoffs for the Stanley Cup is a seven game series, which just boggles my mind. But at the same time, as a sports fan, we always want more games. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Is that just one of those hockey things? I didn't grow up watching a lot of hockey. I came to it a little later in life. So sometimes I'll, I'll say things that probably people find like, who is this person? Like, where is she coming from? It's because I'm coming from other sports. Um, like I like to say, instead of, uh, far post near post, I like to say, uh, weak side, like weak side defense for, um, anyway, well, you'll learn all my quirks, but, uh, another thing I wanted to point out, which I really appreciated and I didn't catch it before I recorded Friday's episode, but Ryan S. Clark is the beat writer, the beat reporter for the Seattle Kraken over at The Athletic. And just full disclosure, I do contribute to The Athletic, sometimes uh, on the hockey side, but mostly on the women's basketball side. Uh, But, you know, uh, just want to make that clear. But I do enjoy reading Ryan's work. And he had a great Q&A with Todd Lewicki and talking about salary cap, where Seattle will have their home opener and other things. So um, what I liked about this is that it sounds like, and this also rings true to what we're hearing on the NHL side of things, obviously kind of state of the league with Gary Bettman. It sounds like we're going to get that, um, that final schedule between the end of the Stanley Cup final, which again, Tampa's up three, three, nothing. And July 21st. Of course, July 21st is the expansion draft. So we're coming up on that really soon. And it sounds like the Seattle Kraken are hoping very much to not only play some of their games, uh, their, their first few games at home, but really be able to play at Climate Pledge Arena. And so all of the renovations, everything happening there, um, you know, it sounds like Lewicki and and, uh, the Kraken are hoping to not just play their regular regular season, excuse me, opener there, but they hope to have any exhibitions, you know, and preseason games there as well. So uh, other news that we got last week, of course, is that the Kraken Community Iceplex is now open and there are some adult learn to skates there's an adult rec league there are other learn to skates uh based on age range so 
there's a lot of stuff being built up. It sounds like from this interview, from this Q&A, that there are also some contingency plans, which we all hopefully have learned in the last year plus that that's exactly what you need is a contingency plan. But um, it sounds like Climate Pledge for preseason and for the home opener, which might be in the first week of Seattle Crack and Play, could be a thing. And uh, I was listening to also over at The Athletic, one of the podcasts, and it's it sounds like and the, the strong belief is that the, the schedules, plural, I say, are already made. Because as I talked about on Friday, another thing to take into consideration is, is there going to be an Olympic break? So those decisions are coming fast and furious, folks. And people like Ryan S. Clark, uh, I mentioned also Jeff Baker, who writes for the Seattle Times. Those are going to be some great resources in addition, of course, to Locked on Kraken, where we will aggregate as much of that and use our own, um, you know, reporting skills to give you all of the updates. But uh, we gave you a lot of information. Check out that Q&A description. The link will be in the description. Um... And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other reporting specific to the NHL schedule. Obviously, we want to get through the Stanley Cup final and see what happens there. But uh, we're going to need a lot of energy, folks, for all that's coming. Because although the Seattle Kraken has not hit the ice, although we only have one player, but also now a head coach, we are still going to keep need to keep our energy up for what the next several weeks will bring. So needless to say, folks, there's going to be a lot of NHL news coming. We still got the Stanley Cup final. Someone's going to hoist the the trophy. Uh, We have the expansion draft coming up. Sounds like we're going to get a schedule. We're going to get to know what's going to happen with the Olympics 2020. All that to say, it's probably a really good time for you to use our Built Bar promo because Built Bar is a fantastic tasting protein bar. It's going to give you all the energy that you need if you're having a hectic week, day, month, such as getting ready for an expansion team to select in the expansion draft and then in the amateur draft. That sounds like someone's going to need a lot of energy. So why don't you join me in grabbing your favorite flavor of Built Bar. And not only that, but this is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team. Isn't that kind of neat? So not only are you going to eat Built Bars because they support the Locked On Podcast Network, not only are you going to eat Built Bars because they're an amazing source of protein and have some pretty cool flavors, but you also get to eat and snack like an Olympian. So this is what you're going to do. Head over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Happy snacking! As promised, we are going to hear from Chanel Keenan. I got to interview Chanel Keenan. She was actually my first interview for the Locked On Podcast Network. And as you hear, we pre-recorded this and we recorded it on a day that and a week that actually had pretty big significance to Chanel and again to her favorite team, the Boston Bruins. That was, of course, um, when back in 2011, the Boston Bruins beat the Vancouver Canucks uh, to win it all in 2011 
and uh, that was on June 15th. So Chanel and I had a great conversation on June 15th. It was also, um, you know, an anniversary of her kind of declaring that she wanted to be more of a voice in the space and a lot of really great things. So it was cool to speak to Chanel on, again, a day and a week that had so much personal significance. But in this interview that you're going to hear for the remainder of the show before we close out in the next segment. Um, I, I, uh, am going to be asking all my guests about, um, just kind of when they fell in love with hockey. I always think that's a cool thing to ask. It also comes from a movie, so you'll hear that. And Chanel, just even for herself, seeing how important technology is for accessibility And we get into that a little bit because congratulations to Chanel and all of the rest of the class of 2021. And I'll I'll toss in 2020 in there as well. You've done great. Uh, You've done it against odds that we haven't seen in a really long time. So congrats to you if that is applicable. Send all of all of the good feels and bubbles. I love bubbles. Oh. We'll probably get into that at some point in the show. But all of the good feels, all of the bubbles, or whatever your version of bubbles is, I'm sending you good vibes. We're we're so happy for you. We're proud of you. And uh, let's hear what one of your fellow graduates in the class of 2021 is doing as an intersectionality consultant for the newest NHL franchise, the Seattle Kraken. All right, hockey fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala here with Chanel Keenan, who is the intersectionality consultant for the Seattle Kraken. And once I knew, Chanel, that the Locked On podcast was going to have a Seattle Kraken show and that I was going to be the host of the Seattle Kraken show, I knew that you and I were going to talk early on. And you actually are my first interview for this entire show. So thank you so much. It is a true joy and honor to have you on the podcast. The honor is mine. Oh my gosh. I didn't know I was going to be the first one. That's so cool. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. You know we had to hold it down. We're always going to do the things because we have come across each other's work and have crossed paths, especially as I mentioned, you are the intersectionality consultant. And we're definitely going to get into that. But Chanel, I'm kind of starting off this podcast. All of the guests are going to go through this. And so I'm going to ask you what I call my brown sugar question because it comes (laughs) from the movie Brown Sugar. But Chanel Keenan, when did you first fall in love with hockey? Um, It's actually really funny that we're recording this today because it's the 10-year anniversary of when the Boston Bruins won the cup last. Um, and I I would say that the, mid, the middle of that season, the middle of the 2010-11 uh, season is when I kind of started watching a little bit, kind of from a curiosity standpoint, I wasn't really um, all in yet. And then kind of after that, I decided to really just become completely invested um I was dealing with some stuff at the time and so I kind of made my escape hockey and um I made a point to make sure all my homework was done before puck dropped and it kind of motivated me to you know keep up with schoolwork but also have some sort of reward at the end of it so from from like 2011 on I've been pretty consistent 
Wow. So we asked, we had you on, it's all faded. We had you on the podcast recording on the exact anniversary of the moment that you truly madly deeply fell in love with hockey. I love that. (laughs) And so since then, it's been quite a journey for you, I'm sure, um, as far as in hockey and being a, a Boston Bruins fan. And you have alluded to this in spaces now, but um, you know what? We're, we're coming in hot on Locked on Seattle Kraken. So where did the allegiances lie as it stands right now? <laughs> Again, it's so funny. I was in a meeting this morning and my boss was like, Chanel, have you guys have been really nice to you lately? Like I haven't said anything about, you know, the fact that, the Bruins are out um, of the cup run, and I'm like, yeah, I know. I was prepared, you know, for everybody to be hassling me about it um, because it's a running joke, like from the CEO all the way down to my close coworkers that I'm a Bruins fan. And to be honest with you, I they are the same in my heart, and I mean that. Like, I don't know who we're getting um, or anything like that, so hopefully that will stay true depending on what our roster looks like next season um but yeah it's they're equals in my eyes it's it's gonna be really interesting i'm glad we're not in the same division because that would probably make my heart really hurt (laughs) that would be pretty intense you would have some decisions to make but we'll see you know as as things move on with seattle as you get you know as we all know is gonna happen once you blow up and things start happening we'll see we'll see how it goes um but so we talked about the beginning of the hockey fandom and the love of all things hockey we talked about current in your position let's fill in the the middle parts a little bit here so uh the stanley cup win 10 years ago 10 seasons ago really got you hooked and what did that spark for you? And in what ways did you find um, ways to get involved with the Bruins or with hockey in general since that run to the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I would say it had a lot to do with also being um, the youngest of a gaggle of boys. And, and we, you know, they all grew up playing sports and playing hockey too. So I was kind of accustomed to rank rat life, as I like to call it, when I was younger. Um and that was really just me hanging out with all the younger siblings and particularly a lot of the sisters of the group who um, either didn't care to play or were girls, so they couldn't, um, which I don't think was true all the way up, so that's nice to know. But <clears throat> I, um, I, I think my involvement with hockey really only took off a couple years ago. I did like a really brief internship with the Bruins in 2016, but it really didn't like obviously come to to life really within the last year or so and and that's been such a special gift for me because the whole time I've always said that I really love you know the sport of hockey and it's it's team mentality there's never you know eyes um in in post game maybe it's always we you know speaking with your whole team representing each other it's only when there feels like an individual failure you know, do they bring up like, I should have done this or I should have done that. But it's always all about teamwork. And I think that that's really admirable um, in so many different ways. And, and I kind of take that into into my work as well. You know, I'm, I am, you know, a consultant, but I'm trying to make my whole experience and, you know, the experience of patrons and coworkers and everything else, you know, as inclusive as we can be. 
Yeah, that's super important. And even in that response, you hit on some things and some ways that the hockey community can certainly be more intersectional, can be more inclusive. But before we get into the work, the knit and grit of what that looks like, especially because there's no team, the rink is finalizing, uh, you know, of course, coronavirus has been a worldwide pandemic that has uh, affected and impacted a lot. Um, so I would imagine your work is very unique in a lot of very real ways. And we're <laughs> going to get to that. But let's first, and I know you've, you've given this story as well before, but for those who are not as familiar as I have the honor to be with your story, let's, uh, you know, fast forward to the, the real drive and impetus for you to be a, a voice for inclusivity in hockey and and how I believe as the story goes it's it's a write-up you know a story of that something that you posted that ended up uh, getting to the Seattle Kraken and and leading in a very real way to to your role so tell us that story Chanel. Again it's it's just what a crazy happenstance that we're speaking today because um, a year ago today my friend um, messaged Akima Wu on Instagram and um, you know, he had just formed the Hockey Diversity Alliance, and that really piqued my interest in a couple ways. I was really inspired by the story, um, not really a story, but like the real life experience that Akeem shared um, around my birthday a couple years ago. And it was such a, it touched my heart in so many different disappointing ways. You know, hockey is not a flawless sport. Um, no sport culture really is. And I think my drive to ensure that instances like his don't happen again, or that, you know, we provide really great resources for youth hockey and for especially young um, Black women and girls as well, because I volunteer with Black Girl Hockey Club too. Um, so many different, you know, groups need some nourishment, some love and some care. And, you know, from a person who's just a disabled fan, I didn't get a whole lot of um, exposure to, to the fact that, like, you know, I'm not a television personality, but someone, you know, in a wheelchair or like me as disabled could be on um, a Hockey Night in Canada panel or could be on, you know, for me, Nesson or anything of that nature. But because I lacked the representation in sports media and in media in general growing up, I didn't think it was a possibility. Um, and so the, the piece that I wrote was basically talking about that and talking about how, you know, I hope that one day this is something that I can either bring to life or to help bring to life or just to see in general, you know. Um, and I've, I've found within the last couple of years, there's been a lot more diversity of disabled bodies in, you know, mainstream media in commercials and that's been really amazing to see because you know we are paying customers in a lot of ways too and we should be able to see ourselves using these products so from you know like a marketing standpoint and you know e-commerce or whatever like we are a viable audience too so I think it's important not only from like a media standpoint, but from a personal standpoint to like, if you can see it, you can be it. And that includes being a fan of hockey. That includes, you know, working in the professional world too, in hockey as well. 
We don't know how much longer we have in the Stanley Cup final, but we do know that the NBA finals are coming up. We've got MLB action. Uh, hello to the New York Metropolitans for just wiping New York City clean of the big, big bad New York Yankees. But anyway, I, I digress. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as your teams prep for the rest of their regular season, let's go Mets, or for their push throughout the playoffs and into the finals. So head to the website. You can use your mobile device, your laptop, whatever you got, and uh, sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert, and go ahead and use that promo code LOCKEDON. So now let's get into, all right, you you go through the particulars, you have the calls, you know, you, you get the, the offer, do what you do. Um, now, day one. <laughs> what was day one with Seattle like? What was week one like? How uh, were the? How was Seattle prepping you just for what the flow would be on their end? And then what were you offering to Seattle as far as ways to think differently about intersectionality, particularly with the lens that you bring to that type of conversation? Yeah, I think it's very important that you took note of you know my lens because I am one of many consultants that they use. Um, I just kind of happen to be obviously a more publicized profile of this because it, as far as I know, is kind of its first of its kind. Um, but I'm not alone. You know, we talk to so many different amazing organizations other than myself. And I think that that's important for people to realize because sometimes I read things and I'm like, I, I promise you I'm not the only voice in the room. And I think that that is so important because I really can only ever provide, you know, my personal experience and, and how my experiences as a fan here in Boston alone, because again, that's kind of all I have in some ways is, is my experience in, in life and dealing with, you know, um, regular everyday um, accessibility, like getting into buildings and whatnot, um, and what it's like to go, you know, to a game. And what that means for someone with a disability um, and what that means for someone who also consumes social media as well. And, um, you know, we're always talking about how we can, you know, better, you know, be accessible to everybody. Um, but it's a learning curve and it's a learning curve that we are slowly trying to address in a way that we make it right. Because obviously sometimes faster doesn't mean better. Um, we want to give a really great product to our audience and, and that takes time. Um, and it's time that, you know, I would like to be shorter. I think everybody would like it to be shorter, but I think it's it's truthful and, and honest to say that, you know, we are learning every day um, how we can be better as an organization. And my first day was really special. Um, it was also really uh, embarrassing in some ways just because I, I don't ever really like having the attention on me, which I think people would be shocked to know um, that I just like don't like compliments. Like I get like kind of weird. Like I don't know. I mean, other than saying like, thank you, like I don't know like how to, how to react sometimes. So um, we have like an all staff meeting on the day that I, I joined the team and uh, there was like a hundred people on the call and my boss did a really amazing intro for me and, and introduced me to 
to everybody on the call and it was kind of daunting and then um I had to say some things too so it was kind of like the first day of school I think that's like the best way to describe it and as someone who was doing you know zoom university too I was pretty accustomed to to what that feeling was like um but obviously this was a dream realized so it was kind of you know important for me to stay in the moment as much as I could but the first step I really took was joining a bunch of DEI committees that had already been previously formed when I got there, um, and just kind of meeting everybody. And uh, I think my biggest challenge right now is remembering roles and the people who have them because I know everybody's name. I just forget what they do. It's a mess. I'm still working on it. I need to make a Quizlet or something. Like the struggle is really real. Um, but I know everybody, and, and that's the best part. And um, I actually spent the month of May reaching out to a lot of my coworkers, April and May. I spent a lot of um, that time reaching out to my coworkers and asking them how I can be better of service to them. Mm-hmm. Is there, are there projects and things that, that are going on that you might need a second look at or, or an opinion on that, you know, that I don't know about and that I would love to help with because I got an opportunity like that kind of out of the blue um, within the organization helping out one of my coworkers and and they reached out to me and I was like you know what I need to be better about reaching out to other people and and making sure that I'm doing my job you know I'm doing what's hard to do which is to help them shape different things and and think more ground level accessibility um, and that's kind of what I do on a daily basis it's it's slowing down me a little bit right now which is nice but it's only gonna go a little while from here. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love that. First of all, it seems like the Seattle Kraken organization really does prioritize creating a culture and creating even virtually. And we alluded to that a little bit. But there's something else that you mentioned, you know, Zoom University. But am I correct in saying that you've completed Zoom University or at least that portion of it and you've graduated? Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. All right, let's go. I mean, talk about the perseverance. Wow. The whole class of 2020, 2021, y'all are extra special, superhuman. Love it. Love it. Definitely, um, you know, just honor the the commitment there. So congratulations there. Uh, quickly, before we move back to the Kraken, um, you know, what what is uh, your degree in that you just completed? Um, I got finally my bachelor in communications and a minor in education. And honestly, from a really interesting angle, for me, I was really lucky that Zoom University um, was more accessible for me, actually, than traditional schooling. And it's, it's a weird feeling to have. I think the whole pandemic was really strange for me since I, you know, I acquired a job during it um i was able to more easily pursue my degree um Mm. and and that's something that i try to be really humble about because it's is such a horrible time for so many people and i'm over here like getting my dream job and and having really frankly easy life um and i think it's important that that i stayed grounded during those times and not take it for granted because I really saw the world kind of open up for me when things turned more digital. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people in my position have as well, just because you know technology is so important to our daily lives anyways. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I hear that a lot too. I've I read a couple articles from even kids younger than me who, who were able to transition online easier. Um, but you know, we're for single case studies though, because for me it was really amazing and it opened up the world, but for other people it was completely limiting and and, and not everybody has the resources and the privileges to, to do what I was able to do. So that's just something that I like to remind myself of all the time. Perspective. I love mm-hmm. it. I love that you are giving and, and, you know, giving yourself space for that perspective and also teaching all of the rest of us about perspective, but also a part of perspective. And we've already identified that maybe this is not something that is your go-to or you're comfortable with, but I'll do it on your behalf. And I think it's just fantastic again to, to hear you be able to break that down and bring that humility and, and again, that perspective. So thank you for that. And, and again, congratulations. <laughs> of course. All right. So you were talking a little bit though about that community, about that culture and the welcoming that you felt for Seattle and a part of your first tasks were getting to know people. We're still working on that, but that's mm-hmm. understandable. Um, but then as you're getting to know people, some of that outreach being, listen, this is this is my role. This is what I'm here for. Feel free to, you know, ask me questions or have me look over something. So what have been some of the cooler things um, or maybe, um, maybe, well, yes, definitely tell us all of the cool things, but also maybe things where you were asked to review something that maybe was a different way of thinking, even for yourself as the intersectionality consultant. I mean, there are some things that you would think like communications and media, that's a part of your background. And that makes a lot of sense. And when people think of accessibility, they think of that. When people think of accessibility, they also think of physical space. So uh, Climate Pledge Arena, we'll talk about that a little bit. But outside of those two things, have there been other aspects of a brand new NHL professional franchise that you've been able to have conversations about? Yeah, I think um, obviously one of the biggest events for me was last November, late November, I think. I don't know, it might have been December. Um, I did a live stream with our play-by-play guy, Everett Fitzhugh. We are bonded for life after that experience. Um, that was a good so, one. I liked yeah. it. <laughs> there was a, a lot of late nights preparing for that. Um, I think it might have been one of our first like live events. Um, and it was daunting. It was totally out of my comfort zone. I really love editing. So um, it's kind of a little bit nerve wracking in a lot of ways to do that. But I had such a great partner in Everett. And um, every time I see him, he gasses me up like crazy. I'm like, you have to stop. Like, it's so funny. Um, I really love Everett, and he's an essential part of our culture, and he really, his hiring really set the tone for me, because I saw that that happened, and I was so happy, and I didn't even know him yet, and then when I met him, and and I got to know him a little bit more, and and his family too, it's, we are so, so lucky to have him, Um, and getting able to, you know, kind of be platformized, and talk about, you know, disability, and hockey, and and, and the whole week of them sharing stories around disabled hockey players and, and other people in our organization was really important to me. Um, it was one of the first big projects I did. It felt like I showed up and then two weeks later, they asked me to do that. So at first I was like, are you sure? Like I just got here, like this is a little crazy. Um, 
I, I thought it was a, a, an insane opportunity and I was definitely in the total wrong if I turned it down. So I was like, of course I will do this. This is amazing. And, and it really meant more to me than anything else because I get comments from parents of kids with disabilities who say stuff to me like, you know, about representation and, and having hope for their kids because, you know, it, it is scary to be a parent in general. Um, and I think that there's so many stigmas around anyways. And so to see someone publicize like me do something in professional sports can give a, even the person with a disability hope. And, um, you know, like I try not to talk too much about what I do just because I can't. But um, it's it's important that, you know, stories like mine are shared. And, and not because it's me, Chanel, but because it's disabled person working in professional sports, something that some might consider an oxymoron um, in some ways, even though there is amazing disabled athletes out there too. But um, that was an incredibly important event for me. Um, and I think even more ones are on the horizon too as we get closer to opening night. I want to thank Chanel Keenan for joining me again. I mentioned this on Friday. My only regret in having her as the first guest is that we had some technical difficulties, so we didn't get to the final piece of this interview with Chanel, but she's excited. She knows that the Seattle Kraken have some fun things planned for fans, and they've done their best to really think about the fan experience from all avenues and all abilities. So... I'm really excited. I can't wait to hopefully celebrate in person, in real life with Chanel. She's from Boston. I'm still in New York for right now. And uh, I think we've essentially decided that we're just going to both fly out to Seattle, have a good time, you know, maybe open some crack and rum and, uh, you know, take in some hockey this fall. If that sounds good to you, uh, just let me know. Leave a review. Leave a comment. Hit me up on social media uh, because we're officially going to unofficially start this campaign to get Chanel and I out for one of the first Seattle Kraken games. But uh, we hope to see you there. And if not, I will be right here on Locked on Kraken, your daily Seattle Kraken podcast to cover it all. Until tomorrow on Locked on Kraken, this is Erica Lindsay Ayala signing out. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. I've been on the show before to talk women's basketball. I was recently on the show to talk Seattle Kraken. So you know I'm going to join Peter again, especially as we get closer to puck drop. So follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.